The Start On Demand. On demand. Today we had the pleasure and privilege of speaking with decorated, legendary Winnipeg Olympian Cindy Clausen. We also spoke to the Manitoba Chambers of Commerce because they've launched something called TRIP, a tourism rebate incentive program. The idea is, you go stay at a hotel somewhere between July 31st and August 16th, you can apply to the Chambers for a rebate. Manitoba Public Insurance says the Friday heading into the long weekend is the most dangerous day on the road. And infomercial icon Ron Popeil has died. So that triggered a conversation about the things that we have bought from stuff we've seen on TV. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who is on vacation. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, July 29th podcast for The Start. And McGarry McNabb is on holidays. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on the start. And Greg, I don't know how this works for you, but I actually had a decent sleep for once yesterday. I went to bed at a responsible time just after seven. So I actually got some rest. And because I feel rested, I feel like I'm kind of off a step. <laughs> a little sluggish this morning? Yeah. It's almost like I've gotten so used to coming in, dead tired, yes. three, four hours of sleep, I think that there, I can't focus. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Um, my kids uh, talk about being overtired and, and sleeping too much, and so they, they are perpetually tired. I, I don't even want to get into the ridiculous hours my kids are getting out of bed right now, but uh, I A, am envious of them and B, I'm envious of you because my sleep has been disrupted every two or three hours the last few nights uh, because my kids' clock are so off. They're letting the dogs in and out at ridiculous times and coming to say goodnight to me, you know, at like 1130, 12 o'clock. It's like, dude, I'm sleeping. I love you, but I don't need a kiss at 12 o'clock and a hug at 12 o'clock. I'm fast asleep. I trust that you love me. I know it's all good. Just go the heck to bed. <laughs> Leave me alone. And I feel like a horrible dad saying that, but uh, I think I'm going to have to start locking my door. What time are they getting up? <sighs> I don't want to out them here because their grandparents are, are listening right now. So what? Okay. Uh, how about four o'clock yesterday? 4 p.m.? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I salute that. I used to oh. sleep till 3, 4 o'clock. Uh, I had errands to do yesterday. We had a, a meeting. I had two errands to do. I had to go visit my baba yesterday, so I didn't get home until 4 o'clock. And I opened the door, and the house was silent. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I marched upstairs <laughs> and I could hear the rustling. They heard me coming up the stairs. The dogs woke up before they did. And then I was, of course, was standing at the foot of their bed. What the heck is going on here, you guys? It's time to get up. Yep, four o'clock. They're teenagers. They need lots of sleep. Let's go with that. I Brad. used to sleep for, oh man, I think I once slept for 18 hours. Now, to be fair, this was after uh, I pulled an 
an all-nighter to complete a, 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 an essay in grade 11 for um, Larry Petko's English class <laughs> that I didn't start writing until I think it was like one in the morning because oh, I, I, was, I was struggling to, to finalize my topic and like, all right, I got it. We're going with this and... Well, I'm got to get this done. I'm going to come to you for some advice how to get these guys out of the bed. I'm going to end up having to go to my mom's go-to move, and that was the pot of water over the head. No. Oh, yeah, that was my mom's go-to move when I wouldn't get up for school in high school. she just dump water on you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cold, I hope? Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> just a hot <laughs> pot of boiling water. <laughs> Uh, so I guess, uh, you know, if you have any tips on how to get Greg's boys Please. out of bed, 204-780-6868, or you can let us know how late you used to sleep when you were a teenager, but you definitely don't want to sleep through, uh, this morning because at 837, super excited. You were very excited yesterday when you sent the text, letting us know what Mr. Kelly Moore had lined up for us. Yeah. So Kelly calls me and you know, when your boss calls and, and Kelly's not really our boss, but of course he's, uh. He's a superior, and of course, he is a legend and has been here forever. So when Kelly calls, it's it's typically really good or really bad news. <laughs> There's no chit-chat with Kelly. He's not phoning to find out how my afternoon's going. So I took a deep breath, answered the phone, and... Uh, G-Mac, are you, are you sleeping? I'm like, no, I'm not sleeping. What's going on, Kelly? Is this good news or bad news? Well, he says, I sort of stuck my nose in, and I apologize, but I booked <laughs> Cindy Clausen for your show tomorrow. I just need to know what time she can join you. And I was like, like the speed skater, the six-time Olympic medalist, Manitoba speed skating legend, Cindy Klassen. Yes, one and the same. So Cindy Klassen will join us uh, just after 8.35 to talk about the prowess, the incredible display of athleticism we're seeing from uh, Canada's women in particular. Uh, another medal, 10 medals now from Canadian athletes at the Olympic Games in Tokyo, all from women athletes. So we will visit uh, with the legend herself, Cindy Klassen. And we'll have more on the Olympics in our next segment. Also this morning, we want to tell you about something exciting from the Manitoba Chambers of Commerce. And this fell upon my radar, oddly enough, in a WhatsApp chat group for the impending Laker Classic. We're heading to Hecla. And the chat is mostly just the... The guys in the group just basically spend all day ripping each other. Uh, so I just sort of check in occasionally and sort of scroll through it. But uh, they, one of them pasted this link for the Manitoba Chambers of Commerce that would apply to us. And uh, I thought, I think we need to talk about this. The headline here, MCC launches trip a tourism rebate incentive program, get ready to staycation between July 31st and August 16th and save. So if you're taking a staycation, you could be eligible for a bit of a rebate up to $150 rebate on a hotel designed package. This is incredible. Uh, we discussed this somewhat uh, earlier in the pandemic about getting the Manitoba economy going. We discussed Churchill in particular. Is there a way that the Manitoba government could incentivize Manitobans to get to Churchill because it's so expensive? But this is a really good way to have people that maybe wouldn't otherwise be getting out and, and patronizing a, a Manitoba hotel and going, wow, maybe I can get some money back.
Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is on holidays. Canadian rowers Kaylee Filmer and Hillary Janssens have won the bronze medal in the women's pair race at the Tokyo Olympics. And this is exciting stuff, Greg, because uh, that's 10 medals now for Canada and... All women, right? That's correct, and it's the first medal uh, won by Canada in rowing so far during this year's Summer Games. Lots of news coming out of the Olympics in Tokyo. You heard in Jeff Braun's news about uh, record COVID-19 numbers in Tokyo for a third straight day. And, of course, uh, Brett, uh, in the last 24, 48 hours, uh, an American gymnast has uh, been in the spotlight. Yeah, that's right. And There's a term that uh, you may have heard for the first time ever. I, the first time I heard it was when you mentioned it, Greg. The word is twisties. Yeah, not Twizzlers, but twisties. It has been called gymnasts equivalent to the yips. And Brett, I think you can share your understanding of the yips as, as it's very much a golf term. Yeah, that's right. It's basically when you're paralyzed by anxiety, by fear, when you're standing over the ball saying, don't miss the shot, don't miss the shot, don't miss the shot. You know how to hit the shot. You know how to swing the club. You your practice, you take a practice swing, it's fine. And then you go to hit the ball and you just, you fail spectacularly. It's because you allow the yips to take over your ability to just do what you know how to do. Yeah, we've seen it in Major League Baseball. Chuck Knobloch of the Minnesota Twins, or it might have been with the Yankees at that point, uh, basically forgot how to throw the ball to for- first base. He would throw over the first baseman's head on a regular basis. Oh, wow. And uh, pitchers have experienced it to the point where uh, one pitcher for the Cardinals ended up switching to an outfielder because he just couldn't get his his pitching form back. So the twisties, and this is from Corinne Miller of Women's Health Magazine, and she says this, if you are not 100% sure of yourself and where you are in the air, it can be very dangerous. That's Simone Biles experiencing the twisties before pulling out of the team in all-round events at the Olympics. The twisties is the feeling of being lost in the air making an athlete unable to complete skills to their usual ability. Think about that, Brett. You're on a balance beam, you're doing a flip or something, or you're on an apparatus. I can't imagine. It's a mental performance issue that many top gymnasts have also experienced and can be, of course, dangerous when they are flying in the air and attempting high-difficulty stunts. The world was stunned on Tuesday when Olympics great Simone Biles pulled out of the Olympic team gymnastics competition after fumbling her vault. Simone, the 24-year-old, later explained she was struggling with a mental performance issue that's commonly called the twisties in gymnastics. Quote, I just don't trust myself as much as I used to. She said this in a press conference after Team USA took home silver. She adds, I'm a little bit more nervous when I do gymnastics. I feel like I'm also not having as much fun. She also shared during a morning practice she had the twisties. Quote, they saw it a little bit in practice, having a little bit of the twisties. Uh, she's talking about how her teammates could see her. But uh, very quickly, Greg, what are the twisties? Well, you know, we could get into it more in depth, but I'm, I'll put it this way from the article. In general, the twisties is a mental performance situation, not a mental health issue. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is on vacation. Before we get into what we're about to talk about here, Greg, uh, you were wondering aloud... How do I get my kids out of bed? Yes. Staying in bed all day long. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of tips here. Don weighing in says, Dad used to grab an arm and a leg and pull us out onto the floor. 
It sucked for me because I had the top bunk. <laughs> so he says he learned quickly, get up at the appointed hour. Yes. And Eve, with a very creative solution, lay down an air hose under the fitted sheet of their beds and have it connected to an air compressor. Make sure it's at full pressure and then let her rip. It'll be like a snake going off between their legs or at their feet, and it'll just scare them out of bed. <laughs> Probably won't be great for my dogs either, but uh, I appreciate where you're coming from on that one, Eve. Uh, I'll take a look at the logistics and whether or not that's a possibility. I appreciate any and all advice at this point in time. My kids, uh, just for the record, are they're great boys. They really are, but... Uh, this last couple of weeks, this sleep schedule is out of control. And, uh, you know, it's not like I'm a neglectful parent. I think that's part of why I was embarrassed to admit to you how late they've been sleeping. I'm taking this as a as a personal wart on my parenting abilities. I, I just, I, I can't figure it out. I can't work it out with them. They're teenagers. It's only going to get worse. Thanks. That's great. <laughs> if they're anything like me, it's only going to get worse. I, if I woke up before noon, it was a miracle. So uh, my parents just accepted that I'm not getting up till probably 2 or 3 o'clock uh, at the earliest. So, yeah, it's, it's not a, a, a sort of a shot at your parenting skills. So nothing to be embarrassed about. Right. They're Thank just teenage boys. Thank you, Brad. Um, a reminder as well, small town salute today at 737. We're going to Gimli for Eastland Dingadagadin. The Icelandic Festival this weekend in Gimli. Some of the best times of my uh, early 20s taking place up in Gimli on the August long weekend, and that's not an exaggeration. So we'll take a quick trip, virtually of course, and find out how they're celebrating Icelandic Festival this year. Uh, maybe a few more in-person events than they had last year. Um, stick around, find out in an hour's time. Projections for next week's vaccine uptake show a sharp decline in the number of appointments. But it doesn't mean, Greg, fewer people are opting to get the shot. No, Global's Anya Nazarovich has more on what's really contributing to the lower numbers. Manitoba saw a slowdown in first doses roughly three weeks ago, according to the province's vaccine task force. But it doesn't mean things are leveling off just yet. The province currently projects doses based on its appointment system. Something logistics lead Johan Nuboita says doesn't account for the new options now available. But the more and more there are walk-in options at all our super sites now, there are, uh, you know, there are doses of of both types, um, and in some cases of, of three types of of over hundreds in pharmacies and and, uh, and and physicians. So and you know to name but a few, our pop-ups continue. So. I think individuals are more and more just showing up to get the dose and planning their lives around it as opposed to using the appointment-based model. Boita says the lower numbers projected for next week are based on what's already booked into the system. He says a better prediction for future immunizations is the actual behavior of Manitobans over the last couple weeks. And what we've seen for you know, 14 days plus now is a 0.2 approximate rise in the dose ones and between a point seven at the low end to a 1.2% rise on the dose twos. Boita says he doesn't have any evidence to suggest those numbers won't hold up in the coming weeks and doesn't believe Manitoba is plateauing at any greater rate. If those vaccine rates do hold up, he says Manitoba is well on its way to meeting its next vaccine milestone. Anina Zaravich, Global News. Now there's also a smaller subset of the population, Brett, that's raring to get the shot, but still can't. Dr. Joss Reimer says there's no data that makes it clear 
that the vaccine is safe for 11-year-olds set to turn 12 later this year. So for now, Manitoba won't be following the lead of other provinces which do allow 2009-born residents, regardless of their birth date, to get a shot. Sometimes there are logistics reasons why um, one jurisdiction would use a birth year as opposed to age um, to book appointments and offer the vaccine. So far in Manitoba, <clears throat> our, uh, the way our operations are set up, there's no logistics reason that we need to use birth year. And so we've been able to stick with Health Canada approvals. What do you think of that, Greg? Do you think that it's better safe than sorry? Or what's the difference? Of, what difference is a few months going to make? I think that at some point Manitoba will take a closer look at this because I believe Alberta and British Columbia have both decided that if you are born in 2009, you will be allowed uh, to get the vaccine. 12 was, and I listened to a couple of the different interviews that Richard and Julie did on this topic yesterday from, with a doctor from uh, Southern Ontario in particular, a professor. And, you know, 12 was just the group that they tested. And, and that, was, that was part of all the uh, testing for these vaccines. So it was sort of an arbitrary number. Uh, but I guess for me as a parent, if I had an 11-year-old, I would be of two minds of it. I understand why you would want to get a little bit of a head start. But at the same time, if there's no solid evidence, no research, and nobody that's been in these control groups in that age, uh, I'm not going to say it's bad, but uh, I, I would be less excited about vaccinating uh, my children. But I do understand. I do understand how people are looking at this. Sometimes it's a matter of a handful of days or a couple of weeks. And of course, then you've got your cohorts and friends who you want to spend time with who might be getting it a few weeks ahead of you. And then you can't do certain activities with them. And by the way, we are now less than 1% away of reaching part of the province's next va- vaccination benchmark. First doses are sitting at 79.1%. 67.8% are now fully vaccinated. To reach the next step in the province's reopening plan, we need 80%, one dose, 75%, two doses. Question of the day, by the way, cjob.com for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first, you'll see why. Call Mr. Furness at 204-832-6243. Do you think the province should adopt a school-based vaccination campaign for younger students in the fall? 75% saying yes, 25% saying no. Cast your vote, cjob.com. Mackling and McGarry McNabb's on holidays, as Jeff Braun has been telling you in Global News, infomercial icon Ron Popeil has died. Introducing Auto Cup by Ronco, the amazing no-spill cup. There's never been anything like it. Popeil's pocket fisherman. This Christmas, get them the new automatic buttoneer too. The Dialomatic Mark IV can slice, dice, chop, slaw, julienne, and french fry. He was 86 years old. His family says the inventor who began his meteoric rise in Chicago died at Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles Wednesday morning following a medical emergency. Popiel developed a wide range of products for his company, Ronco. So let's have a chat about some of the things that maybe you have purchased from what you saw on TV whether it was from an infomercial or the shopping channel or 
Who knows? Maybe it was 3 a.m. and you saw a commercial for McDonald's and you said, I got to go get some food. Tell us a story, 204-780-6868. Greg, uh, am I understanding correctly that uh, the pocket fisherman was yours? Well, the pocket fisherman was a Popeil or Ronco product. I think KTEL picked up on it in Canada. The Vegematic and what, what, uh, well, I won't give, give away yours or ask you about one because I think you might uh, be going to uh, reveal this in a minute. The Bedazzler was a Ronco, and here is my favorite. Hey, this Christmas party is getting a little too quiet. I think it's time we liven it up with my favorite Christmas gift, Mr. Microphone. Hey, what's that? Well, you set the dial on your FM radio and testing, testing. These kids are having a fabulous time with Mr. Microphone, the cordless microphone that actually puts your voice on the radio. Yeah, their parents weren't having a great time with it. <laughs> yes, Mr. Microphone, thanks to loyal listener uh, Malco for passing along this and planting the seed for our chat th- this morning. Uh, I have to tell you, uh, my brother got a Mr. Microphone for Christmas. Uh, what would have been like 1976, 77, something like that. And uh, yeah, we uh, went through a lot of batteries playing with that thing. Cam Poitras, what about you, sir? Uh, Timmy O'Toole down the well. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that episode of The or Simpsons. Sim- yeah. Oh, yes. Big up, stupid. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm pretty susceptible to, to advertising. Maybe I am pretty gullible. Uh, I, I, I saw this sandwich, and I won't name the, the fast food franchise, but it's advertising a Nashville sa- uh, chicken sandwich. You can probably figure out what I'm talking about. And I had just eaten... And I'm, but I saw the ad, and I, I was, I was full. I just had a big meal, but I'm like, oh, I gotta try this thing because it looks so good. It looked, and I, I've been to Nashville. I love Nashville hot chicken, and so I bought it. And it was the worst chicken sandwich I've ever Ooh. had. It was dry. Ooh. It had no. It had this. This. It was barely any sauce. It had bread and butter pickles, which are a crime. Uh, and <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was terrible. And maybe we just caught him at a bad day. I got the wrong location. I understand this kind of stuff, but it was, it was, it was awful. I was very disappointed and it wasn't even hot. It was like barely spicy. It's Nashville hot. It's supposed to blow my head off. I, I, I'll, I'm with you on the pickles. I, I'm not a fan of the pickles on the chicken sandwich. And yeah, that why is be, that a thing? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't like it at all. I, I always like end dill, up just picking them off. Yeah, I like dill pickles on my chicken sandwich, but not bread and butter. The sweet ones? No, 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 no. Yeah, those, those, uh, those are hot garbage. Jeff Forte, what about you? Uh, when I was younger, I never bought anything from TV. I don't think. Maybe I have, but I don't think so. But when I was like 12 or 11, for some reason, I always wanted a Jack LaLanne power juicer. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just so cool. I mean, like, you would put, like, carrots in there, you know, some tomatoes, celery, and it'd come out as juice. It was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I never got one, thank God, because I'd probably never use it, but uh, it, it was pretty darn cool. Jeff Braun, what about you, sir? My very first uh, in-person celebrity sighting was, it must have been in the mid-80s, we were walking through, I think it was a Canadian tire, maybe it was a Zellers or something, and wouldn't you know it, there was a hunky Bill showing people how to use his pierogi maker, <laughs> and we stood in the crowd for like half an hour watching him make pierogies, and we walk out of there with a pierogi maker in our hands too, and my parents used it all the time. Did so, they really? It worked, yeah. Oh, wow. Do they still have it? Uh, they've moved like 12 times since then, so I, I suspect that that has not made all the moves with them. It must be somewhere else. But no. Fair enough. I've moved a few times over the last few years, but, and I still have this. This tuna looks boring. Stop having a boring tuna. Stop having a boring life. Here's a hard-boiled egg. One chop, you add the pickle, 
you add the green onion. And then what you can do, you can mix things together. You can add the ham. You don't have time to make breakfast. You're gonna have an exciting life now. Breakfast to go. You're gonna love my nuts. Watch this. You can do everything in the cover. It's so easy, one finger. Kids can do it. They're gonna charge you a dollar for toppings at the ice cream stores. The slap chop. It's gonna be a buck. It's gonna, they're gonna charge you a dollar. <laughs> the slap chop. <laughs> I remember my, my friend Eileen bought this for me for, I believe it was my 30th birthday. I have used it. It's a pain to sort of clean and put back together, but it really does work. Uh, if you, you know, if you're, you got a lot of things to, to chop and you wanna slap the, slap it to chop. What's the name of that dude again? <laughs> Vince, Vince, Vince Offer. Vince yeah, Offer. He's had he's had a couple of issues over the years. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, several brushes yeah. with the law. <laughs> he also had a, a little shticky, so sticky, so to say. The sticky, the sham wow. <laughs> but that guy could sell anything, and his energy is great. Uh, this is all reminding me of the patty stacker that my grandfather bought my grandmother for her birthday years and years ago, probably 35, 40 years ago. He used to complain that the that the hamburger patties that my grandmother couldn't make the hamburger patties all the same size. Who wants the small one? He would say, are you going to have the small one? <laughs> so they came up with this patty stacker where, of course, if as long as you use the right amount of meat, all the meat patties would be the same. And then you'd slide a piece of parchment paper or wax yep. paper in between, and then you'd freeze them. Oh, what a device. I think it was, uh, I think it caused a divorce in that case, but uh, great product nonetheless. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody uh, brought up the shake weight. Has, has anyone used the shake weight? <laughs> shake weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might be the dumbest thing that's ever been created. Yeah, that's up there. Here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868. Tell us a story about something that you have bought from TV, whether you actually purchased it from an infomercial, maybe you walked into the as seen on TV store, maybe it was a shopping channel, or maybe you just got hooked in by a commercial that you saw on TV, especially car commercials. Like I, anytime I'm in the market for a commercial, I always, that's when I notice just how many car commercials there are on TV. Tell us a story for a chance to win a $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is on holidays. Before we get into downtown safety, we have a listener here responding to the question, what have you bought from TV? That's our question this morning for the San Lucia Pizza $20 gift certificate. Inspired by the news that Ron Popeil, the, the infomercial icon who brought so many fabulous products into the world, has died. And uh, this is from Leroy who says, in a moment of weakness, I bought the Magic Bullet Blender late one night, probably 17 years ago. It still works. Anybody I know with the Magic Bullet swears by that thing. Okay. Did you have a, ever have the Foreman Grill, the George Foreman Grill? Uh, I have, is that the sandwich, the sandwich maker? Are they the same thing? Uh, well, you could do sandwiches, but like my mom used to make burgers on it all the time. Yeah. I've got the, I've got the sandwich maker. It's in my garage. I wanted a surprise at a golf tournament probably about seven years ago. Yeah. And it's either in my garage or has been sold at a garage sale over the years. I'll have to go check my inventory. I'll get back to you next week. I seem to remember that product working very well. Just And a fun fact on that, the George Foreman grill could have been, had he not turned it down, the Hulk Hogan grill. Come on. He turned it down. Uh, 
uh, Terry, what's the, what's Hulk Hogan's real last name? Thought he was a better uh, thought he was a better businessman than that than to turn down something that was obviously so fantastic. One of our listeners saying uh, also, you would think buying the KTL records would have been enough, but no, needed the KTL record selector to be super cool. <laughs> so keep those products coming. Terry, did you find Balea. it? Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course, yes. They're making a, a movie about him, by the way, a biopic uh, starring Chris Hemsworth, uh, a.k.a. Thor from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh. He's really hulked up. He's getting re- He's going to look great. Streveler could jump in there if they need a stuntman. Oh, or yeah, a, that's a, a right. body double, right? <laughs> that's right, because he <laughs> looks like the mighty Thor. Okay, so it's now been one year since the Downtown Community Safety Partnership was launched, an initiative that aims to create a healthy, safe, and connected downtown community. Now, Global's Marty Blunt has details on what's been done so far and where they're headed next. Keeping the streets of downtown Winnipeg safe. A focal point and primary goal of the Downtown Community Safety Partnership. And for some, it's having an effect. Yeah, I definitely feel safe downtown. We've been living downtown for a few years now. There's a lot of people walking too, so I feel safe like just seeing random people. Do you feel safe in downtown Winnipeg? During the day, yes I do. How about at night? I try to be home. I try to be home. But it's also focused on supporting the most vulnerable in the city's core with three mobile outreach teams, helping those in need access resources, social services, and medical assistance, while also alleviating pressure on police, paramedics, and other community organizations. We know that uh, homelessness and the challenge of, of being on the streets and homeless isn't just a downtown issue, it's a city-wide issue. So having a partner in the downtown focused on the area allows us to expand uh, to the other areas of the city. The, the work that the folks are doing out there is amazing. Um, uh, from the medical to the social side of things, they're really helping uh, the vulnerable, marginalized population out there, but also making those contacts with uh, uh, you know, our businesses. Burnett says the partnership is now working to expand even further and streamline its resources. Next steps uh, we want to get to is building a uh, an information uh, communications hub, if you will, uh, to hopefully coordinate and uh, all our resources, quite frankly, but also engage with the, the, the community, private sector, nonprofits. The safety partnership also has a downtown coordinated camera system in the works, something Burnett says he hopes will be ready within the next few months. Marnie Blunt, Global News. Yeah, I don't know what those cameras are designed to do other than to capture what's going on. Perhaps that will allow the Downtown Community Safety Partnership and the members of that incredible crew to react in real time when people are either in distress or perhaps there are people that that need conversation. And Brett, just like, this is my opinion, obviously, but just like people will be the key to uh, more of us feeling safe and coming back downtown, uh, so is the idea of relationships on the street with our most vulnerable and them reacting and interacting with the members of that Downtown Community Safety patrol they are incredible people uh, they're representative in terms of their makeup culturally of the people who are downtown who are either experiencing homelessness or who are spending a lot of time downtown and, and experiencing some issues so i think it's that interaction that's going to be critical and you know i, I can tell you without any question a, a lot of people in my circle are uncomfortable when they go downtown and we're gonna have to fix that Jeff Carrier yesterday spoke with Winnipeg Police Sergeant Christine Kuhn and asked her, what do they say to people who say... 
They just don't feel safe downtown. Well, the reality is it's a perception of safety. So often you may have people that don't regularly come downtown and they may be uncomfortable because it isn't an area that they frequent often. And, and then you'll have others who actually live downtown, work downtown, love downtown, and their perception is going to be very different. What I can say is I know that we have uh, teams during the day, teams at night uh, that are visible, no different than any other large city. If you went to a city, you would see police officers, you would see other types of ambassadors, other agencies walking around downtown. And I can say um, for sure that there is fantastic collaboration going on between the Downtown Community Safety Partnership, our Downtown Biz, as well as uh, other uh, private security teams, and 24-7 coverage downtown between the different agencies you're going to have at you know some point of contact should you even have a question about parking or for some reason... You know, if something uh, happens or you lose something or you have to report something, there are different agencies that have a different purpose. But all of us are in contact with each other and can direct the person coming downtown to the appropriate resource to try to help them. Because at the end of the day, we want to be able to come down as individuals, as police officers. But, uh, you know, we're citizens of Winnipeg also. And all of us want to see a vibrant downtown. And we're looking forward to the reopening of all of our businesses, seeing special events return. And uh, we encourage people to come downtown. That's Jeff Courier in conversation with Winnipeg Police Sergeant Christine Kuhn yesterday morning, just after 11.30. You can hear the whole thing in the audio vault at cjob.com. Mackling and McGarry McNabb's on holidays. What stuff have you bought from TV infomercials? (laughs) Tom says... I bought a car wax that was promoted as a complete protector. You could light your car on fire. So I did just that. (laughs) The wax did not work. Oh, boy. I had the hood repainted. And Tom adds, alcohol was a factor. I was wondering how we got to that point of deciding that you would emulate what you've seen on the television commercial. Kristen says this, I have the magic bullet and was going to write about how terrible it is. Then I remembered how much I hate my pillow. I never even opened the box of my magnetic screen door as I'll never be able to use it with my insane neighbor. Today's topic makes me too angry. And Kristen, I'll say this, leave that magnetic screen thing in the box. The one I purchased years ago is a POS. Absolutely terrible. And then they sent me a replacement one because I complained. It's still in a bag somewhere. So um, I do not endorse that product. And I want to read this text as well. I'm not going to use the name uh, because uh, I'm not sure. I've asked if we can share it, but I'll just read the text. And this person says, I- I've-, I've bought them all. Not of clear thought, though. I used to be a booze hound back in the day. After a night at the bar, if I woke up and my wallet was on the coffee table, I would immediately turn the TV on. If it was tuned to the shopping channel, I'd just have to wait and see what I had ordered. Once I quit drinking, my unknown impulse shopping stopped. So first, thanks for sharing that, because while we're having some fun talking about this kind of stuff, this can be a problem, right? Shopping can be an addiction like everything else. Like, I remember, do you, did you watch The Facts of Life? Oh, of course I did. Do you remember there was an episode where Natalie got a credit card and yes. she developed a shopping addiction? I sure do. I seem to remember being up late and she was buying everything, everything, including some fancy uh, word processor, if, if memory serves, which was quite a fancy device, an expensive device at the time. Yeah, of course, Mrs. Garrett had to step in and solve the problem. Yeah. Yes. But I'm not referencing the facts of life to, to make light of it, just that they did, I thought they did a really good job. That was a sort of... They did a uh, good job with stuff like that. Sorry, Brett. Yeah, no, no, don't be sorry. They did a great... I mean, because I was a kid, so that was an important lesson to learn. Sure. I didn't take heed 
to that lesson. <laughs> you, it My, was there somewhere <laughs> below the surface. You, you just couldn't reference it at the appropriate time. Is every, that it? Every time I look at my credit card bill, I think I learned nothing from Natalie. <laughs> the facts of life taught me, but I didn't listen. You should listen to Joe and Mrs. Garrett. For today's small town salute, we head to the western shores of Lake Winnipeg, the annual Eastlandingadagarin. And indeed, Greg, as mentioned, we're having a hard time reaching our guest, but I think between the two of us, we've had plenty of, <laughs> uh, well, sort of memories. Yeah, I'm not sure it's the exact <laughs> message the festival would want to get out about what happens in Gimli on the August long, August long weekend, but this is pretty cool. A couple of uh, trivia questions here around uh, the Icelandic festival, as most of us call it, as uh, you know, not all of us can uh, pronounce the uh, Icelandic name the way you can, Brett, but did you know the first Icelandic festival in Manitoba was held in 1890. It was actually in Winnipeg originally, and it is considered the second oldest continuously run ethnic festival in North America. Wow. Yeah, so that's pretty fascinating. And of course, uh, Manitoba's history uh, with the Icelandic people predates Manitoba becoming a province, in fact. And uh, that is sort of my homegrown area. That's where my great-great-grandfather went up near Husavik when he came over from the old country. That's where his land was. Uh, basically uh, good for growing nothing but rocks, but uh, eventually made a homestead up there and uh, our, the, the family property was in our uh, family up in Husavik up until about 25 years ago. So for about 100 years, it was a, a part of our family story and heritage as well. So, uh, yes, uh, Island Digadagarin, a very, very good time. Uh, typically, I know a lot of the events are going to be held virtually this year, but a few uh, in-person events uh, to be held as well. Now, the website is just IcelandicFestival.com, but indeed, I, I've had a lot of great times out there because I have a couple of buddies with cabins in the area. One has a cabin in Winnipeg Beach on Pine, and another had a cabin in Sandy Hook, on 2nd Avenue, so we would often head into Gimli for some of the stuff during the day. It was always cool seeing the sort of the, the combat stuff that was happening, yes. the Viking combat, and there's all sorts of great food and live music, I, the, the, and just the crush of people that you would see on the beach trying to find parking. It was often an adventure unto itself, uh, but once you found one, it was like just like we were talking the other day about uh, movie stores, you, you search and search for that movie. Once you get it, you feel like you earned it. The same thing with this. If you, once you find that parking spot, you feel like you earned it. Uh, but we all, one of my favorite parts of that was going to the Viking, the, the motel, and going to Two Friends Pub. as they, I think it was called Two Friends, but uh, we just called it the Viking because they one year extended the patio, the entire parking lot was the patio. It was insane. And there was uh, the, I think it was a Budweiser bus that opened up into its own three-level bar. So there were probably, I bet you, a thousand people just outside. Like, they already have a, a substantial patio out there, and I think it's two levels. Uh, so that it, that was a great time. Although, <laughs> this is just a funny, funny sidebar. We, uh, they were, RCMP were there and they were pull, they were checking everybody, everybody who was driving out of sure. there 
was being pulled over. Now, I had driven us to the Viking with the intention of, I'll have a couple when I get there, and then I'll stop, and I'll get us home. But I thought, you know what? Just to be safe, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ask this Mountie if they they'd be if they would test me before I get in the car. Why not? And uh, he said, "Nope. Uh, if you want to take your chances, go ahead. We'll hmm. test you then." So we kind of conferred as a group and thought, "What's the best thing to do here?" And we said, "Well, better safe than sorry." Did not drive, so we had to walk. <laughs> we had to walk 13 kilometers back to Sandy Hook at two in the morning. <laughs> So I would not advise that. Don't do that. Don't make that part of your plan. No. You know, there are lots of ways to uh, to not drink and drive, but uh, walking from Gimli to Sandy Hook, not necessarily the best idea in the middle of the night. I'm glad that's the decision that you made, though. It was, it was, it, and it was certainly a much more memorable uh, decision because we all still laugh about that. But we should there have just, is. we should have just, just called, a de- made a designated driver or uh, gotten ourselves there somehow. Uh, some other way. So, but yes, the Gimli Icelandic Festival, it's a wonderful time. They've got so many great restaurants in Gimli. Anytime we talk about restaurants, uh, half of the suggestions seem to come from Gimli. So it's a good time. Eastland Dingadagadin. I hope I'm saying that right. Well, you, every time you've said it, when we've had someone from Gimli on the other end of the line, you get a thumbs up. We have lots of listeners who are of Icelandic descent or have some Icelandic heritage. How's Brett doing? 204-780-6868. Give him a 1 to 10 on the pronunciation. Mackling and McGarry McNabb's on holidays as we prepare for the Terry Fox long weekend. Our road safety awareness should be on its highest setting. Yes, Friday historically is the most dangerous day for travel over a holiday weekend, according to Manitoba Public Insurance. On average, one person is killed and 90 others, 90 others are injured each long holiday weekend with 36% of those injuries and deaths taking place on the Friday. Brian Smiley speaks on behalf of Manitoba Public Insurance. Uh, good morning, Brian. This sobering message, uh, obviously one we wanted to share. Do we know why it's Friday that's creating uh, these uh, dangerous numbers, 36% rather, of those injuries and deaths? Uh, good morning. And uh, we have a number of theories. Uh, obviously, Friday is the first day of the long weekend. People have a bit of air of excitement. Uh, more additional volume, traffic volumes on the highways, uh, people perhaps driving a little too quick to get to that destination in Gimli or Selkirk or wherever they're going for the uh, festivals. So you take the combination of uh, heavier volume, uh, quicker speeds, and you're going to result in some very dangerous driving situations if people are not watching what they're doing. Is there a time of day on the Friday that tends to be more dangerous? Like, is this an after-work thing, or does it matter? Uh, we don't have a real time frame on it, but uh, typically it would be anywhere from that 5 p.m. to midnight uh, time frame on the Friday. Uh, for the entire weekend, uh, typically we see uh, spiking during the very late hours at 2.30, 3.30 morning when people are walking back to Sandy Hook. 
Yeah. Brian, obviously listening to our previous <laughs> segment. And, and, you know, Brett made a great decision there with regard to the driving. More of us need to make better decisions when it comes to obeying uh, other traffic uh, rules and, of course, uh, not breaking the law, in particular when it comes to distracted and intoxicated or, or, or driving under the influence, Brian. That was a great story that Brett shared, and I was really happy that he did share it because too many people don't make that decision. Uh, we know that roughly last year, 78 fatalities, people were killed on our roadways last year, which is far too many, uh, and roughly 40% of those involved alcohol. Uh, again, the message is very clear. If you're going to drink and drive, you're taking your life in your hands and the lives of innocent motorists on the roadways that you share it with. So, again, people need to make that very wise decision that Brett and his pals did. Rather than risk it, they actually walked it. And, and that's a very wise decision. They lived to tell another story another day. And another thing, too, that uh, we should also be aware of is that while we tend to think of driving impaired as being as driving drunk, but it's not just alcohol, it's drugs as well. Absolutely. When we talk about impaired driving these days, we're talking not only alcohol, but we're also talking about drug consumption, and that certainly is, again, uh, illegal and very dangerous. And so for the uh, people that, are uh, again, do that, uh, we would strongly urge you to find other ways home, perhaps have a sober passenger drive or take a cab or Uber or whatever else you're going to do. But, again, we want to make this a long, a happy, safe, long weekend. And that's one of the reasons that Manitoba Public Insurance released this uh, this news release. We ran the data, we looked at it, and we wanted to raise the flag that people need to be extra careful on the Friday especially, but not only the Friday, but the entire long weekend. Yeah, well, you know, and Brian, and it's not just uh, reminding me not to use my uh, handheld device while I'm driving. It's not just reminding me to buckle up and to use my seatbelt, but it's also so that those of us that are typically following the rules are aware of the fact that others may not be. Absolutely. Uh, well said, Greg. Well said. Uh, when you talk about buckling up, we ran a statistic that just about popped out. Uh, a person is more than 50 times more likely to be killed and almost four times more likely to be seriously injured when they're not wearing a seatbelt. I want you guys to think about it, and all your CGLB listeners, it takes one second to do up a seatbelt, so there's really no excuse. Texting and driving, that's another one. One in more, About one in three fatal crashes in Manitoba are related to distracted driving. And again, these are what we call high-risk driving behaviors. They're easily changed within seconds. And by doing so, you not only perhaps save your life, but the life of people in your vehicle and all the innocent motorists out there. A lot of people don't realize when they're driving recklessly, uh, they're affecting everybody, uh, their family, their friends, their colleagues. It's a, it's a real ripple effect when someone is killed on our roadways. The texting and driving, I, I would imagine, too, it could be a problem on a, on a Friday if you're in a rush to get out there. Maybe you're running behind. You're, you know, you couldn't get out to the cabin as quickly as your buddies. Uh, so you're already trying to get in on the action while you're driving out there by participating at least uh, via text message. But, you know, on any road it's bad, but on a highway, worse. Well, absolutely. You have the higher speeds on the highways, and that's, and that's what we're seeing. We see these high speeds and what we're seeing right now is a very serious increase in our serious offense notice. All right. Uh, with that, I guess we're done. <laughs> we just lost the line. The line just cut. 
It just died, and I'm wondering if our phones actually have died entirely, so we'll have to figure that out. But, yeah, I just looked at our little producer software here, and Brian Smiley's gone. So It's all gone. It's all gone. We set the timer. Smiley, you only had till 7.56.30, <laughs> and that's it. That's what you call a hard out in radio. <laughs> You're out. Brian Smiley, Manitoba Public Insurance, thank you very much for bringing this to our attention. This is an important topic, and we're going to have more on this throughout the day on 680 CJOB. Just be mindful. My barber actually just texted me to say we are actually heading out today to avoid all the extra traffic on the highway tomorrow. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is on vacation. And if you're thinking about having a Manitoba staycation, but maybe you're on the fence, well, here's the headline from the Manitoba Chambers of Commerce. MCC launches TRIP, a tourism rebate incentive program. Mm, the release goes on to say, get ready to staycation between July 31st and August 16th, 2021, and save Chuck Davidson, our good friend, is president and CEO of the Manitoba Chambers of Commerce. Good morning, Chuck. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Brett. So before we get to the how, let's talk about the why. Why did you create this program? Well, I think it's clear. I mean, we know that the tourism industry has been specifically uh, impacted as a result of COVID. Uh, Hotels, you know, we've talked to hotel owners across the province and a lot have been significantly impacted, you know, having capacity in somewhere in the neighbourhood of sometimes 5 and only 10%. Uh, That's not something that's uh, sustainable. So, you know, the thought really was, you know, what can we do over the course of this summer to encourage more people to uh, take staycations in Manitoba? And at the same time, how can we increase capacity at Manitoba hotels? So this is a concept that we've come up with that we hope will uh, incentivize Manitoba to take advantage of this and and will help pay for it, in fact. So I've got a trip coming up, and this is actually how I found out about it. I've got a trip coming up in a couple of weeks, the boys' annual Laker Classic. It's it's our golf-slash-debauchery trip, and uh, we're going to Hecla, staying at the resort, and uh, we're wondering if we can take advantage of this. So how does this program work? Well, it's pretty simple, Brett. You know, basically what you do is if you're staying in a hotel or a motel in Manitoba between the dates of July 31st and August 16th, all you do, you'll pay for it once you're done, and then you'll take your receipt, you'll go to our website at tripmb.ca, you'll upload your receipt onto there, and what we'll do, we'll reimburse you $100 as a result of that. If you take care of a package, so a part of your package when you go to Hecla is we're going to pay a little bit more and it's going to cover some of our golf as well. Um, what we'll do is we'll cover $150 worth of that. So it's a simple program for people to do. All you do is you go to the website, upload your receipt, and we'll reimburse you as a result of that. Come on. like This sounds uh, too good to be true. What's the catch, <laughs> Davidson? There's, there's no catch. There's no catch whatsoever. We've tried to make it as simple as possible, and the real incentive is – we're trying to get Manitobans to take advantage of this over the summer. We know that it's been a long haul for a lot of people. And really what we're trying to do is incentivize people to get out over the course of these two weeks. And you'll help Manitoba hotels. What we're hoping as well, when you go to Hecla, you're going to spend some time in the restaurant. You're going to spend some time uh, on other things up there as well. So we think this is going to really you know, help reinvest in local economies, which is important, and be something that Manitobans are going to want to take advantage of over the course of these next two and a half weeks. Yeah, because uh, we've talked about this recently in the past, Chuck, but it's been a a rough go for hotels in our province uh, for the last 17 months. 
Well, there's no question about that. And that's a big part of what we're really trying to do is to is to help this industry out, uh, you know, recognizing that it is an important part of our economy and that we need to help them out. So the other thing that we've added into this as well. So, you know, there's all sorts of great star attractions in Manitoba as well. So if you wanted to go to the Canada Muse- Museum for Human Rights, if you wanted to go to the, the zoo as well, what we'll also do, take the receipts, take your family to that trip, take your receipts, go online. We'll rebate you 50% of that as well. So what we're really trying to do is encourage people, you know, in Manitoba, and this is for Manitobans only. So if you've got visitors coming from out of province, they're not eligible. This is only for Manitobans to take advantage of this over the next two and a half weeks. Uh, and we, what we're really trying to do is, is encourage as many people as possible to get out there and do things safely uh, and to help reinvest in some local economies in Manitoba. You know, for so long, Chuck, we've had these discussions about what does reopening look like? What does a strategy towards incentivizing people to either travel in Manitoba or to purchase certain items and to get the economy going, keep it rolling, uh, get it rolling quicker? This is seems too simple. Who came up with this? <laughs> who do we need to applaud? And uh, who ultimately is paying for this, if we may ask? Well, so this is something that we've been working on with Travel Manitoba. We started having these discussions early in the spring and sort of came up with this concept to say, you know, how can we make it as simple as possible? So we approached Travel Manitoba about this. Uh, we've got $2.5 million as a result of this through Travel Manitoba in the province to help pay for this as well. But what we've also done as a part of this as well as Travel Manitoba, what they've done. So a lot of Manitobans are thinking, okay, so this is a great program, but where do I go? What can I do? So what Travel Manitoba has done as part of the launch that we've done, they've also developed itineraries. So they've developed about 18 to 20 different itineraries for things for you to do. So fun things, go to the Travel Manitoba website, find out some of their itineraries, book it over the next two and a half weeks, and we'll help pay for that as well. So what we've tried to do is keep this as simple as possible for Manitobans. It's not a difficult program whatsoever. Simply go to the website tripmb.ca, effective on Saturday morning, and you go online there, and what we'll simply do, book your trip, pay for your hotel, and we'll reimburse you $100. Chuck Davidson, President of the Manitoba Chambers of Commerce, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, Chuck. Very much appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. And and make sure you take advantage of that, Brett, when you go to Heckle. And just behave yourself when you're up there. (laughs) I'll try to. One half of that is a guarantee. I won't say which half is a guarantee. One of our listeners uh, saying, never mind a staycation, I want a steak Asian. Can we start that promotion? <laughs> well, hey, that's that's part of the deal, right? He said it, wherever you go, there's going to be, you're probably going to take in restaurants and right. support that local economy. And it, I gather it, you know, it doesn't have to be, like if you just want to stay at a hotel in Winnipeg, if you live in Winnipeg and you've always wanted to stay in a hotel, now this is this could be a great opportunity to do that. For or sure. if, you, if you're doing that thing that might usually only be a day trip, or you've always wanted to go, just like we did last week when we went to Nipawan, Minnedosa. Just maybe a little too far for a day trip. but So that's why we decided to stay. So now if you've been thinking of doing something like that, exactly, this is perfect. No question about it. This is, this is brilliant in its simplicity. It's brilliant in the incentive. It's tangible. It's real. It's something that most Manitobans can look at and go, I'm going to take advantage of advantage of this absolutely terrific so our question of the day this morning at cjob.com for mr furnace don't call them first you'll see why call mr furnace 204-832-6243 manitoba chambers of commerce has created a tourism rebate incentive program to encourage staycations over the next couple of weeks will you use it yes maybe or no cast your vote cjob.com
Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is on vacation. Reminder to keep those text messages coming at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win a $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza on the stuff that you have bought from an infomercial. Have you ever bought anything that you saw on TV, whether it was an infomercial, shopping channel, or just a commercial that got you hook, line, and sinker? We're talking about that today in the wake of the passing of infomercial icon Ron Popeil and Don Weighing in, we have many Dons who text us. This isn't Trucker Don, I believe, but Don says, an impulse late-night purchase I made were those hideous blue blocker sunglasses. <laughs> they looked bad enough on their own, but I already wore glasses and really can't go without them. So what do I do? I put these blue blockers on over my existing glasses. Well, that was a look. Good thing I got a second <laughs> pair free so my girlfriend at the time could look almost as good as I did. But do you remember the ads for those, Greg? I sure do. The, rapping, the rapper? It's sure do. On Venice Beach, it was like a 30-minute infomercial for those things, the blue blockers. So I still remember some of that rap. You do not. I float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. These blue blockers are for me. Yeah, see, it's a fact. These blue blockers, they go with my hat. Because he was wearing a sombrero for some reason. Standing, McGarry. Do you have a pair of blue box no. blockers? So, so the rap didn't work for you. <laughs> no, it did it not. It just stuck in your head. <laughs> so keep them coming. 204 780 6868. We'll give it away. The gift card for the pizza just after 9 15. We got to ask you a question here. Is Canada learning something? Manitoba has known for a couple of decades that many of our best athletes are women. Mm-hmm. Manitoba has helped create some incredibly successful Olympic athletes over the years. At the top of the list, Clara Hughes, Jennifer Botterill, Susan Ock, and our next guest, Cindy Klassen. Those four women, Brett, have earned a combined total of 19 Olympic medals. You can add an Ontario swimmer to the list of two Manitoba Olympians of Canadians with six ever Olympic medals. So this from Wes Gilbertson of the National Post. Welcome to the six medal club. But don't stop now. Swimming powerhouse Penny Oleksiak has already made history in the pool at Tokyo 2020, picking up a pair of shiny souvenirs to boost her career Total to a half dozen and to join Clara Hughes and Cindy Clausen as the most decorated Canadian Olympians of all time. While the speed skating legends don't mind sharing their perch with Alexiak, they would prefer it be brief. <laughs> I hope she smashes that record, says Clausen. Hughes agrees wholeheartedly. She is currently on a backcountry trip and wasn't available for an interview, but when she managed to find a bar of cell service, she was anxious to pass along this message. I want everyone to know I'm stoked and hope she breaks this record if she has already not. Fantastic. And those messages of encouragement for Penny Alexiak are indicative of the class and graciousness exhibited by two of the greatest athletes to ever call Manitoba home. We say good morning to Cindy Klassen. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. Thanks for having me. A pleasure for us, an absolute thrill to be quite honest with you. Before we discuss Penny Alexiak and what she has accomplished in the pool over the past two Olympic Games now, may we discuss the overall performance of the Canadian women in Tokyo? So far, all 10 of Canada's medals have been produced by women. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, it's just so amazing to see the women doing so well. Um, and it started off like that in Rio as well. And so there seems to be this trend going that the women are just doing so amazing. And I was looking at some stats and like looking back at like 1984 
only 30% of the athletes were female for Canada. And now in Tokyo, there's 60% are female. So there's a lot more women getting involved in sports or females getting involved in sports in our country. And it's just amazing to see them do so well at the Games. Penny Alexiak still has two more medal opportunities, 100-meter freestyle, the event that she won gold in Rio in 2016, and the 4x100-meter medley relay. So on top of the wrench in timing that COVID-19 may have created, what sort of training physically and mentally is required to prepare for the Olympics at those four-year intervals? Yeah, it's big. I mean, you come off of an Olympic year. I mean, she came off of such a high from Rio and then going into four years. I mean, you're you're thinking each year of, of getting stronger and um, you're just focused on that four-year mark. And then for her, I mean, it was five years for all of the athletes this year. Um, so, I mean, that's a big change. And just being mentally prepared, um, um, thinking that you're going into four years and then switching to five. I mean, that's that's a huge battle that they've had to go through. And, and she's doing so well. I mean, she, she tied that record and now she's going on. She has a couple more races and I'm rooting for her that she'll get she'll win those medals and defend her title um, in the 100 meter coming up here. Um, that would be just so incredible. And so, um, so it's, yeah, it's pretty exciting leading up to those games. And, uh, and I'm very excited to see how well she's going to do. Cindy, we can hear the excitement in your voice. And I think there was a little bit of a, the wonder as to how much Canadians would get involved and and get behind the Olympics. There's so much controversy about whether or not they should be going on at all with COVID, etc. Let's put that aside. That excitement that you feel, uh, obviously you have a different perspective on that. How genuine is it and does any of it bring you flashbacks? Does it does it want you to compete again? Tell us what goes through your mind when you're seeing the, these successes and, and when these games come around. It has to be different for you than it is for most of us. Yeah, it's it's so exciting. Every time the games come around, I mean, I just have those nerves again because I'm watching the Canadians compete and just like on the edge of my seat and I can and I can feel those nerves and it kind of reminds me of what it was like when I was competing again. But it's kind of nice to be behind the TV and not having to worry about um, getting ready for that race or, or battling with injuries and stuff like that. And so um, it's just exciting to watch the games. And I'm so thrilled for our Canadians, how well they're doing. And, um, and I just hope that it continues on through the rest of these games. We're speaking with Cindy Clausen about the Olympics and mental health has been a, a huge part of these games. It may end up being one of the most important legacies of these games, in fact, when all is said and done. So what do you make of some of the criticism that U.S. gymnast Simone Biles has received for her decisions to withdraw as she battles the twisties, the gymnastics equivalent of the yips? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... I, I mean, I, I can't really say anything. I, I'm not in that situation. I don't really know what she's going through. It's between her and her coaches and her teammates and what she's going through herself. And so um, I, I don't understand what she's going through herself. And I think that all of us need to have understanding for her just because we don't know what it's like. And um, every person is individual. And, um, and so I just hope that she can get the help that she needs and, uh, and come out of these games stronger than before.
Yeah, and I hope that this ends up becoming a, a message for all of us in terms of uh, taking care of ourselves and being open and honest about what we're dealing with. Uh, we have to ask you before we, we let you go here, the legacy created by Jennifer Botrill, Susan Ock, Clara Hughes, and yourself. And, and one of our listeners says, don't forget Desiree Scott. How can we forget Desiree and what she's done for soccer in Manitoba, the participation and the, and the profile of that game in our province? Who inspired you? while you were living and training here? You know what? It was Susan Ock. Um, I remember my first year of skating, watching her compete at the 1998 Olympics, winning that silver medal in the 500 meter. Um, She was my inspiration. And then when I moved to Calgary to train with the national team, she was there and she kind of took me under her wings and was just so supportive and so encouraging of me. And so it was great to be able to train alongside of her. and, And now she's a good friend. And so she was definitely my inspiration back then. Uh, you know, uh, you used to play hockey, right, Cindy? And yeah. so that, that change from one sport to the other, we're hearing so much now about kids are, are getting categorized at a, at a, as a particular type of athlete, younger and younger all the time. Yet you hear the Wayne Gretzky's and before he passed, Dale Howarchuk would always talk about hockey players need to play other sports. They need to find other things. How much of, of that was a part of your path to Olympic success? That was huge. I mean, I didn't even step into speed skates until I was 18 years old. And so growing up, I mean, hockey was my passion. But alongside hockey, I also played like soccer, lacrosse, all the school sports like basketball, volleyball, badminton, like any sport I could get my hands on. And I think it really helped me become like a well-rounded athlete. And then when I switched to speed skating, I mean, I had... Um, I just had that background of different sports that I think helped me. And, uh, and I think going into speed skating into an individual sport, it was, it was different doing an, individ- an individual sport, but um, I just took everything I had learned from those other sports and put it into speed skating. And I think it really helped me. And I think it helps prevent injuries too. I mean, if you're just focusing on one sport your whole life, I mean, you're doing the same thing over and over again. And so I think that it can help um, with regards to injuries and um, just like learning different things, um, team tactics and stuff like that with different sports. Cindy Clausen joining us live on 680 CJOB to talk Olympics. Cindy, a pleasure and a privilege. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It is 847 on 680 CJOB. In case you just tuned in halfway through that, make sure you can go to the audio vault at cjob.com. And listen to the chat there. And I know Jim Toth is going to replay, at the very least, a portion of this interview tonight on the CJOB Sports Show, sitting in for Christian O'Mell. Haley texting us about something that she got hooked into watching TV. We're talking this morning asking you to tell us about the stuff that you bought from TV, whether it was good or bad. Because some of the products out there, like a lot, Ron Popeil, legendary infomercial icon uh you don't have a successful career like that by making garbage right so taylee texting us to say that uh when i was young with my first ever phone a baby blue flip samsung mtv used to have commercials where you could text to get x-ray vision on your phone you could scan (laughs) someone's hand and see their bones of course well i was very disappointed when everyone's fingers and hand bones all looked the same (laughs) Well, they used to have similar offers in comic books back in the day, spy kits and x-ray vision glasses and all these sorts of different things. So, uh, look, the scam has been around for a long, long time. I mean, uh, some of us 
are old enough to remember the pet rock for crying out loud. So, uh, you know, don't feel bad. Some of us have got hoodwinked over the years by things that we've seen on television and decided to call, whether it's in the middle of the night or other times when we are at our most vulnerable. You know, I find it... I don't think it's coincidental that those ads are on in the middle of the night, especially when it comes to those easy workout and fitness regimes mm-hmm. that are going to give you the the God bod. Yeah, you, you know, ah, oh yeah, you know what? I need that badly. Seventy eight dollars later, what, what did I order? How, how many uh, exercises? <laughs> Never mind. I'm not doing the eight minute abs. It's eighteen minute abs, and I can only do half the exercises. It's not going to work for me. I did. You know what? I, I, another product that I ended up getting was the. Uh, I think it was called the Ab Master. Oh, is that the roller thing? Yeah. So it was kind of. I think it was basically this thing. It was sort of folded up into like a forty-five degree angle, and the the end of it was curved. So as you pointed out, it could roll. So when you're lying on the ground, you would reach behind your head and grab this bar, and then you would use that to kind of help you do the sit-ups. And basically, it was just a sit-up aid. And I, I don't know if it ever worked uh, because I, my diet was always just so horrible that it didn't matter what I, how much exercise I did. Yeah, that's what we're learning, that the diet is uh, equally, if not more so important than anything that you might do. I'm just remembering that I ordered the Total Gym Oh, endorsed, the gym. endorsed by Christy Brinkley and Chuck Norris. That thing finally went to the uh, metal recyclers about uh, 24 months ago. I hauled it around from Winnipeg to Calgary, back to Winnipeg, several moves. I think I used it five times. <laughs> Mackling and McGarry. McNabb is on holidays. Question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. The Manitoba Chambers of Commerce has created a tourism rebate incentive program to encourage staycations over the next couple of weeks. Will you use it? So far, we've got 10% who say yes, 20% who say maybe, and 70% who say no. But uh, I wouldn't take that 70% as no as as a negative because this is a limited program just for the next couple of weeks starting July 31st to August 16th, Greg. But uh, yeah, the Tourism Rebate Incentive Program, this is exciting stuff. Yeah, and it's not going to work for everybody. I mean, let's face it. If, uh, you know, I think Chuck said they have about a $2.5 million budget for this. So if you extrapolate that, that's, you know, at 100 bucks a head, roughly, that's 25,000 people taking advantage of this uh, if they cap out and and use up all the funding. So that's a small percentage of the population of Manitoba, but that's a huge number of hotel rooms that would be used in order to uh, qualify for this rebate. So I think it will kickstart a fair number of people. I know it's already got me thinking about, you know, we have plans this weekend, but next weekend might be great to, to find a pool. We don't have a pool in our backyard anymore. We took it out in the spring, and so... Uh, the kids are jonesing for a little pool time, so it might be a little way for us to get a little mini vacation. So I, I don't think we're alone in that. We've sent out the the website address at least half a dozen times to listeners in the last hour since we spoke to Chuck Davidson about this. So I, I'm very encouraged by this. I think it's such a unique way to promote things. It's user-friendly. It's cash in my hands. Uh, you know, sometimes things are a little bit too complicated for their own good, 
Brett, this is, in my mind, brilliant marketing and just plain and simple. Who can argue against it? So we spoke to Chuck Davidson, as Greg mentioned, president and CEO of the Manitoba Chambers of Commerce last hour. So in case you missed that, I asked him, I said, listen, I've got the Laker Classic coming up. It's our annual boys golf slash debauchery trip. We're going to Hecla this year. We're staying at the Lake Lakeview Resort. So are we going to be eligible? And if so, what do we do? Basically, what you do is if you're staying in a hotel or a motel in Manitoba between the dates of July 31st and August 16th, all you do, you'll pay for it once you're done, and then you'll take your receipt. You'll go to our website at tripmb.ca. You'll upload your receipt onto there, and what we'll do, we'll reimburse you $100 as a result of that. If you take care of a package, so if part of your package when you go to Hecla is we're going to pay a little bit more, and it's going to cover some of our golf as well. Um, what we'll do is we'll cover $150 worth of that. So it's a simple program for people to do. All you do is you go to the website, upload your receipt, and we'll reimburse you as a result of that. Come on. Like, this sounds uh, too good to be true. What's the catch, Davidson? There's, there's no catch. There's no catch whatsoever. We've tried to make it as simple as possible. And the real incentive is we're trying to get Manitobans to take advantage of this over the summer. We know that it's been a long haul for a lot of people. And really what we're trying to do is incentivize people to get out over the course of these two weeks. And you'll help Manitoba hotels. What we're hoping as well, when you go to Hecla, you're going to spend some time in the restaurant. You're going to spend some time uh, on other things up there as well. So we think this is going to really you know, help reinvest in local economies, which is important, and be something that Manitobans are going to want to take advantage of over the course of these next two and a half weeks. So there's Chuck Davidson. It's pretty simple. The website, again, tripmb.ca. Now, if you go to that website right now, it's, uh, it's, the program hasn't started yet. So you'll get a page that just says, we're sorry, the program hasn't started yet. Check back Saturday, July 31st for your opportunity to enter, and you can get more information as well at the Chamber's uh, website. But I think that this is a wonderful opportunity because you might be thinking, well, I kind of... Yeah, I've got some holidays. I don't really have any plans. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not ready to travel anywhere, like head out west or somewhere yet, but maybe somewhere in Manitoba. Ooh, now you're telling me I can get up to $150 back? Like, that's a great, that's a huge chunk of change. A hundred percent it is. And uh, it might be the difference. I thought you made a great, great point that it might be the difference between somebody considering uh, something that looks like too long of a day trip, someplace that you might like to go. You mentioned Minidosa, so I'll use that example. And it's you know, depending on where you live in the city, it's two and a half hours each way. Well, are you going to go there for a day and then drive back at night? Probably not. So this might be the difference between you saying, yeah, you know what, I'm going to leave on Saturday morning. Drive out, we'll get there in time for lunch perhaps, or maybe have lunch along the way, and then explore Minidosa in the afternoon, stay overnight, then you have breakfast, and then you find a place for lunch on the way home. Man, and then if you can recoup 100 or $150 of that trip, fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so we, because he referenced the, uh, the hotel packages, where maybe you're staying in a hotel where it includes a meal or it includes golf. Well, that's what I'm doing at the Lakeview Resort at Hecla. It's a wonderful golf course, and I've never been to that resort. Do you know anybody who's been to that resort, by the way? I've been there. 
Have you? Yes, and some of our friends, and I, it's been a long time since I was there, I'll confess, but I loved it when I went, and I know they've done a tremendous amount of renovations in the last five, six years since Lakeview took it over, and we have friends that make it a part of their annual vacation. I think they go there for Easter long weekend. Uh, there's a group, three uh, uh, groups of friends of ours that all go up together. Uh, we've just never been able to go just because of work obligations. So uh, yeah, it gets uh, it gets a five-star endorsement uh, from our friends. Uh, absolutely. So big uh, kudos to the Manitoba Chambers of Commerce and Tourism Manitoba for uh, getting this off the ground because they point out that prior to COVID-19, the tourism industry employed more than 20,000 Manitobans and injected more than 1.6 $3 billion into the local economy and welcomed 10.5 million visitors in 2019. And obviously uh, that has not been the case over the last 17 months. So they are looking for a shot in the arm. And this is going to be a big shot in the arm because like you said, you pay for your stay and then you apply for the rebate after that at tripmb.ca. So those dates, once again, July 31st to August 16th, get ready to staycation and get ready to save, so says the Chambers of Commerce. Mm-hmm. Before we read some texts on uh, the stuff that you've bought, Chris, with a correction, and I'll have to verify this, of course, but I mentioned that Hulk Hogan turned down the George Foreman grill. Could have been his, but he turned it down. Well, Chris says Hulk Hogan did not actually turned down the grill. He missed the phone call to invest, apparently. And then when he called back, George had already taken the deal. <laughs> so Hogan ended up with a crappy blender. No. So he says he just watched a podcast with Stone Cold and uh, Hogan where he explains it all. So I'll have to look that up. That's too bad. But uh, thank you for that, Chris. But we got a bunch of great texts here. <laughs> did you see Tammy's? I did. I saw an ad for a shark, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> I know why you're making me read that. Uh, you could tickle it and play with it, and it would react to you and move. I saw it was only $30. I ordered it and waited. So excited to get this toy for the kids at the daycare. The package came, and I opened it. It was a small, hard plastic shark. I was so disappointed and felt so stupid. For falling for it. Tammy, they just took advantage of you. Don't feel bad. Lots of other people did it too. We and we appreciate you telling us all about all this stuff because I have, this is blowing my mind, the trip down memory lane we're taking here. Things I just, I didn't know or forgot existed. Like George in Arizona sent you down a little bit of a rabbit hole, Greg. He did. And Billy Mays, Billy Mays was the guy with the black beard. He, he was very aggressive. He was good. He was a good pitchman. And George says, many years ago, we bought the Billy Mays Hercules hooks. They are actually great. Still use them to this day. I sort of remember them, but uh, I watched them and I would watch the, uh, watch the infomercial or the commercial in the last uh, five minutes here. Now I want some. Thanks, George. What is the Hercules hook? Because I saw you watching a video. So basically, it's like a piece of it's a piece of wire that you kind of ram into your drywall if you want to hook on, say, a picture or a shelf or something. It can hold something like 150 pounds, and it doesn't look any more than uh, basically a, a what do you call it? paper clip that's been opened. It's just a chunk of wire, but I guess it's engineered to uh, 
to hold a ton of weight. Neat. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that sounds pretty good. And we had Gary texting us saying, oh, I absolutely had to have the gravity edge. Of course. This is Gary Hook. Watch the infomercial on TV where these skinny and frail guys would turn into beach-bound hunks. I thought this was my answer to a new body image. However, it did nothing. I had it in the basement for years, lugged it around on several moves, and at the end of the day, there was no turning me into one of these muscle-bound fellows I had seen on the infomercial. Somebody said something like, you have to actually use it. Mm -hmm. However, why would I spend all that money if it wasn't going to magically transform me? (laughs) On the good side, it made a great drying rack for my running gear, but sadly, it never lived up. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work by osmosis. Just having it in the building doesn't help you. But we're going with Dawn for the win? I think we're going to go with Dawn just because of what it prompted, the memories I'm sure that it created for some people, and you throwing down the wrap. Come on, that is just the icing on the cake, McGarry. Dawn says, an impulse late-night purchase I made were those hideous blue blocker sunglasses. They looked bad enough on their own, but I already wore glasses and really can't go without them, so what do I do? I put these blue blockers on over my existing glasses. Now that was a look. Good thing I got a second pair for free so my girlfriend at the time could look almost as good as I did. <laughs> and that wrap, by the way, once again, at least a portion of it, because that was the commercial. It was this sure. dude wearing a sombrero and sunglasses. He was on roller skates, too. I think. That's right. Yes. And he, he was in Venice Beach, and he says, I float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. These blue blockers are for me. Yeah, see, it's a fact. These blue blockers, they go with my hat. I wish I could stand up, but the microphone wouldn't follow me. So it's a sitting ovation with the intention of standing, Brett McGarry. Congratulations, Don. You win the $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia. On the subject of stuff you bought from infomercials, I just bumped into Cheryl on the elevator, who was on her way up to, I uh, can't remember which floor she got off on, 26, I think. She's uh, retiring, by the way, so congrats uh, tomorrow, retirement oh, day. Oh, nice. Congratulations, Cheryl. But she says to me as she, get, as she gets on the elevator, I had a mood ring. I had yes. a pet rock. <laughs> I had some dumb exercise thing where you lie on the floor and kill your stomach. But uh, I never got a Chia Pet, she added. Oh, good. To which I said, I had a Chia Pet. <laughs> did you order it or did you have it gifted to you? I had one gifted to me at one of those crappy work Christmas party things where you exchange the gifts. <laughs> and I ended up stuck with the Elvis Chia Pet. <laughs> did it work? I did I never, ever opened it. I wouldn't have had any patience for that sort of thing (laughs) at all. And before we introduce our guest here, do you want me to just fire this or do you need to set this up? I think I'll just set it up really quick. Brett did such a great job of that rap for the blue blockers, but we do have to pay homage to the gentleman who did it originally. And I don't think he was on roller skates after all. Jeff Forche went down a rabbit hole. I caught <laughs> caught him doing it. He and walked like, in on me. He <laughs> walked in on me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know, there are other videos that could have been worse to walk in on him <laughs> watching. But, uh, yeah, the gentleman holding his big boom box with his sombrero, and he, here's the original rap. 
Because what you heard me say on TV, they give him these pairs of blockers for free. Everything is fake, now listen to me. Like I said before, they gave them to me free. You can get them where? You gotta order them on TV? All right, now believe you me, there's a number soon that appear on your screen. Everything is groovy, do you know what I mean? I Float like a butterfly, butterfly sting like, like a bee. bee. These yeah. blue blockers <laughs> are for me. Yeah, see, it's a fact. These blue blockers, they go with my hat. Okay, sorry. You nailed it, baby. I was off a step on that. Nah, nah, you nailed it. That was pretty good. <laughs> uh, thanks for that. That's a great memory. Such a dumb commercial. But it worked. A lot of people had those blue blockers. Uh, we got an email yesterday at news at cjob.com with the subject line, Google Play Protect detects only 31% of Android stalkerware. I've never heard of stalkerware. I've heard of ransomware and spyware and mal- malware and all kinds of wares, but never stalkerware. So as an Android user, I've got the Samsung Galaxy S20 Plus. I'm concerned. I'm concerned on your behalf, Brett. So let's ask a tech expert how concerned you ought to be. Ritesh Kotak is a regular contributor here on 680 CJOB. Ritesh, thanks for doing this. Uh, from Toronto this morning. So tell us, what is this? Does It, it, it sounds very invasive. It is invasive, and you're, you actually mentioned what it is. Stalkerware is essentially spyware. Just think about all the things that you do on your phone. You got your emails, you got your text messages, you got your calls, you got videos that you, that you watch. Well, imagine somebody actually getting access to that, sort of creating a digital clone of your device, and once they have the clone, they can access it remotely, and that's what Stalkerware traditionally does. Once it's embedded into somebody's device, it now essentially is spying on everything that you're doing and relaying that back to somebody else. And we see this in one of three scenarios. We see this in domestic abuse situations, monitoring children, and tracking employees. Those are three traditional scenarios, but it's some really scary stuff given the fact that our entire lives are on these devices and somebody now is essentially peeking over your shoulder without you knowing. How does it get installed? So there's a couple ways that these that these types of I don't want to say that they're apps, but sort of malware or spyware actually end up getting installed on the device. The most common way is that you actually give somebody your device, like they got access to it. So if you leave your phone lying around, um, then somebody can uh, install install um, the stalkerware right on it. So you generally don't find these apps on app stores. So you won't find them in the Google Play Store or in or in the or in the Apple iOS store, what you find them is third-party stores um, or online where people end up downloading them, and they come with a set of instructions. They make it really easy. You don't need to be a hacker or sophisticated person to install this stuff on somebody's device. And you get a hold of their device, you install the you install the app onto it, and now you have access to it. We've also seen, and this gets a lot more complex, but we may have heard in the news where intelligence services use software that was very similar called Pegasus um, and intelligence agencies used it to infiltrate journalist phones um, and human rights activist phones. Case in point, Jamal Khashoggi. So we've seen this at a state-based level, but at a granular level, at an everyday level, um, we're starting to see this becoming a lot more prevalent um, as it's even more easier to obtain these types of software.
Now, Ritesh, this is a serious situation. I don't want this to become, uh, you know, Apple or iOS is better than Android. But when you were walking us through the steps of how this potentially gets on the phone, I'm an Apple person, so I know really the only way that I can get an app, and you sort of touched on it, is to go through the App Store. So is this potentially one of the downfalls of this Android and this open source coding and and such that's done in connection with Android apps? Kind of. So what we find with Apple devices is uh, it is not simple to get your app onto the App Store. You need to be registered. It actually goes through approvals. They got really enhanced privacy frameworks. They recently came out with a new privacy framework where you need to essentially enable tracking or anything um, on on an app if they want access to certain data. And those are part of um, the big push by Apple with respect to privacy. But on Android, um, you do have you do have mechanisms in place, but it's but because it's a lot more of a open ecosystem, and there are benefits to it. When it's open, it allows for innovation, it allows for people to come up with new sure. creative things. The barriers to access are actually removed, but there is a bit of a trade off because you do find bad actors that end up trying to um, essentially weaponize systems. So it's not it, it's kind of by its own design, and there's pros and cons to every design. So you said that for the most part, it requires some sort of a physical access to the device so somebody would need to get their hands on my phone. But if I'm in Google Play and I'm downloading apps and I guess the default virus protection, Google Play Protect is on my phone. If I down- So like, is the, the notion that I might be downloading what I think is a, a bona fide app, but it's actually some sort of a malicious program? So... With any app, um, here's the thing. Even if the app is acting the way it should, there's n- we don't know what's really going on in the back end unless we're doing forensic audits, we're doing what are called penetration tests, we're looking at their policies. You know, we're, we're concerned about where the data... Like, for example, if you, if you allow that app to have access to your address book, is it actually sucking out your address book and copying it on servers across the world? And who has access to those servers? So we don't really know that. So the, the key is make sure that any app that you download, you do your homework and that they're from reputable companies. Just don't go around downloading random apps, especially random free apps, because if you're not paying for the product, then guess what? You are the product. We've heard you say that time and time again, and it's something that uh, I think about every single time I say yes to. In fact, I just uh, d- I just deleted two scanner apps on my phone just based on what I was thinking about and what I thought we were going to talk about today because I'm thinking, gee whiz, I'm downloading potentially and scanning some sensitive information. So what do I do if I find and realize I've been infected with this, Ritesh? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that you can do to, you know, first of all, I think prevention is better than a cure. So just preventing it from getting, uh, getting onto your devices is the first step. So don't leave your device unattended. Don't share your password with anyone. Um, But there's also security software that you can actually put on your device. So when you actually pop the security software on, it will will scan for these types of of spyware or stalkerware or other types of malware, and it will alert you. And in some cases, it could even sandbox that app so it doesn't get access to any other information and cause further damage. So always have some sort of security software. A lot of us have virus protection on our computers or firewalls on our computers. Well, you should have the same on your mobile device because our mobile devices are actually now our computers. But if you do discover stockware, I do need to mention that 
I would recommend you, obviously, you you, um, you should contact the police service because there may be criminal charges. You can't go around adding spyware on people's devices, accessing sensitive information, and um, and turning on people's cameras and mics. That is illegal, and there may be criminal charges that follow as well. And uh, before we let you go, Ritesh, a lot of these virus and spyware protection apps come with free versions and paid versions. So is it worth worth it to pony up and get the paid version? Pony it up, and I'll tell you why. Because the alternative is that you end up getting victimized by some sort of spyware or malware and getting your data back or reversing any type of theft of, of, of your data is extremely expensive and in some cases almost impossible. So pony it up. Make sure that you think before you click, think before you download Spend a little bit of money, and uh, it will save you a whole world of hurt. And again, uh, if should should Android? It sounds like Android users should definitely have this protection. But is it also worthwhile for somebody with an iPhone to get that kind of virus protection as well? All users. Um, this is remember the statistics is only based on what we know, and there's a lot about this stuff we just don't know. And when we find out, it's too late. So be proactive, not reactive. Ritesh Kodak, tech expert, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much for this insight, Ritesh, because i got to admit I was a touch concerned, but uh, you've helped uh, put me at ease, and now I know what I need to do. My pleasure anytime. It is 947 on 680 CJOB, and indeed, Greg, uh, (laughs) it's impossible to avoid the Android versus Apple conversation. I know that Mac computers were always seen as the gold standard. Sure. Right, because... who made Mac computers? Apple. And that's it. So they, they made it way harder to penetrate, whereas PCs were made by so many different companies. So that's why what people would target PCs. And it's the same with Android. You've got Samsung and Sony and uh, LG was making Android phones. Even BlackBerry, you can get an Android phone. There are so many companies making Android phones, which is why they have to keep things a little bit open. That's right. The proprietary uh, software that goes with Apple... Obviously more secure because not everybody in the world that's a programmer is working on it. Some, of course, but not nearly as many. You bring up a good point, and uh, I just hope that you don't have to go down this road. It's, dare I compare it to the COVID-19 vaccine, that ounce of prevention versus a pound of cure? Losing all your personal information, can you imagine the rigmarole, the problems that that could have for you down the road yikes yeah thankfully my phone is mostly just comprised of uh memes and uh and screenshots of golf tips your 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 deepest thoughts brett (laughs) hey thanks for listening to the start podcast we are available on apple podcast google podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe now and never miss an episode and if you like what you hear rate the show tell us what you think And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. 
Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.